Welcome back, aviators, to the Pro Pilot Playbook podcast, where we bring you the tips, the tricks, the hacks, the shortcuts to get through your aviation career in the shortest and cheapest means possible. I'm your co-host, Sean Ritchie, and I'm joined here with Mike Martin. And uh, Mike's on location again uh, down in Florida. And, uh, you know, it's it's been rough in it. We, we keep saying we keep saying that we're going to do these things weekly. But, you know, we are not professional podcasters. We are professional pilots. And, <laughs> no. and it, you know, the it's just it's getting busy out there and we're going to we're we're really trying i mean uh it's we need to do more of the recording the questions like all at once or something but uh today we have right uh, if if you saw from the title is a little bit of an industry update some exciting news um we are gonna be you know i i i thought you know we would be old men before we got to this point mike but it's yeah it's uh, exciting yeah it, it's right around the corner and we're talking about the first supersonic business jet. Yeah. Wow. I mean, ever, ever since I've been flying, they've been talking about this, you know, um, I, I, I'm sure you heard the rumors. I remember 20 years ago, they were saying, and, oh, it's top secret and golf streams working like boom. And it's going to be amazing and all this, but it looks like it's really happening and it's not golf stream. Right. Right. It's a unknown company. Well, they've been around for uh, over 20 years. They've actually been working on this particular airframe, uh, what I read, since 2001. So 20 years they've been working on this airplane and they've uh, yeah, they've they've got some they've got some competitors. I believe, um, uh, you know, there was two other people in the mix, kind of a little race they had they had running. You know, uh, Richard Branson's company was working on one. And then there was another company called Boom, I believe. Yep. Uh, but turns out just the name of that company isn't really what anybody's looking for in this in this uh, particular sector of the industry, because that's one of the neat things about this. We're talking about the yeah. the Arion AS2 is is the name of the plane. Yeah. And yeah. And if you guys haven't heard about it, you should Google it because it is a sweet looking plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at one hundred and twenty million dollars a pop. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and, and then just to put that in perspective, oh. yeah, Mike, I think we got a viewer, so um, uh, that that you can. Oh, okay, no problem. Well, you know what? Uh, Maybe just, it's I'll catching move this up. I'm sorry. Bit. This, uh, you know, okay. viewers, viewers, uh, sorry about this. This is uh, a <laughs> little technical difficulties. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, for, for to put that in perspective, so right now, pretty much the most expensive airplane you can buy is a G6, uh, G650. Um, I mean, you can buy airliners and outfit those as private jets, and you know, that gets crazy. But it, for a specifically designed business jet, a, a Gulfstream 650 is one of the most expensive ones you can buy. And those, depending on how they're equipped, are 65, 70 million, maybe. Um, and this thing is going to be almost double that, but there's a segment of the population that, that, that are extremely wealthy and they're going to buy this plane because it, it can, I mean, what's it saying, Sean, we can, you can cut basically 
a trip, an overseas trip down to three hours, you know, cut it in half, six hours, you know, you can fly to London in three hours. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It goes 1.6 muck, right? And then what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. I think the, uh, the cruise that they're advertising is 1.4 mock. Um, to, that's the sweet spot okay. of, uh, you know, speed versus fuel burn, you know, at altitude, I think, and that was at like 58,000 feet, uh, flight level 580, which is, you know, that's higher. Even the guys that are on wow. the stuff that can get up there, usually the max in a business jet's uh, 51,000. And so this is, there's a whole new thing going on. That, you know, the, the the altitude you're getting out of this thing, you know, to get above stuff is is amazing. Yeah. Uh, powered Yeah, by, that's going to help with traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's nothing up there, but that's for sure. Um, you know, this thing is built in the United States uh you know over on the the east coast somewhere i think it was um i'm sorry i think the production is going to be down in florida but a lot of the design work was done down in uh or in north carolina area in, i believe something like that uh but they're gonna right be, in reno I think. oh oh yeah. reno okay all right yeah oh, but i think the uh main production facility is going to be down in florida over on uh florida's space coast area you know there's a lot of talent down in that area um, with NASA yeah. and, and everything else. A um, lot of big companies right in that area, actually. Did you ever read, uh, Sean? Gotcha. Yeah, did you ever read, Sean, about there's that airport? It's called uh, Dade Collier Training Transition Airport. It's in the, in the center of the Everglades at the very southern tip of Florida. Have you ever seen that on a chart? It's uh, like a 12,000-foot runway in the middle of nowhere. There's no... Um, nothing there have you seen that before you know what I'm talking about? i don't know you would think i would because would I, sure. I uh you know i'm kind of fascinated with that there's a there's a other thing down there there's there's an old rocket plant an abandoned rocket plant down there in the swamps south of my yeah area. yeah the aerojet day yeah i think uh, yeah. rocket plant which i have a i made another video about on a another channel I mess around with, uh, flying over that, but you know, people have broke in there before and there's even still a rocket underground. Um, but uh, no, I haven't seen that runway you're talking about. So if you read about that airport, it's in the, it's at the very tip before you get to the keys in the center. It, it's called uh, Dade Collier because it's on the border of Dade County, which is Miami and Collier County, which is Naples, right in the center there. And it's like a 12,000 foot single runway in the middle of nowhere. And it was private for years. And then American Airlines was using it as a training uh, airport. But if you read about the history of that airport, it was originally de developed like 50 years ago during the production of the Concorde. And it was going to be the supersonic jet port for the U.S. And wow. then it, it all fell apart and everything. But where this ties into this story is uh, the issue always with the Concorde is it makes this huge sonic boom. I mean, it's a real problem sure. that it, every every airplane that breaks a sound barrier does that military and all that stuff. So um, this airplane has a very unique design wing that you can break the sound barrier uh, and it doesn't make a boom. So the Concorde, you had to be over water to break the sound barrier because of the boom. It would it was too right. disruptive to people on the ground. And now this thing, uh, apparently you can do it anywhere you want because it doesn't make a boom. Is that how you understand it, Sean? Yes, that is correct. That That's their big claim to fame. And, um, you know, this thing, one of the, the reason why we made the video, it, this isn't just like some pipe dream. It, it has been yeah. a pipe dream since 2001. I think they're on their, that's why they're calling this model the AS2 
because they had another model that was a twin engine. Uh, this one is a, a three engine airplane at, powered by GE engines, which, uh, you know, Mike and I both live in the Cincinnati area and we have GE yeah. right here. So that's, that's good news for the GE folks. But the reason why we made the podcast, the reason why this is a current event is because, uh, this is, uh, this is happening. So back in 2015, yeah. um, FlexJet, which is one of the fractional companies we've talked about, you know, fractional companies, charter companies, airlines, fractionals are kind of like charter companies that operate more like an airline to a, you know, from a pilot's perspective. Uh, but they put an order for 20 airplanes in back in 2015 from, from Arion. But uh, I can't find the information whether or not those orders are still standing. But uh, back to the reason right. we did the podcast is just this week, uh, NetJets, the, the largest fractional operator on the planet, just put in an order for 20 of these things. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the real deal. So they have, yes. in my opinion, it looks like they have won the race to do uh, this supersonic thing. And that that no boom technology that that wing that they've designed that gets rid of the sonic boom i think is is really what pushed them over the edge because you're right the concord could not go supersonic till it was so far out in the ocean you know they had all that figured out based on the you know conditions of the day and and whatever but this thing uh doesn't matter now yeah i don't know how they get they they are releasing you know it has a uh a non supersonic cruise of 0.97 or something. They're able to maintain whatever. So, you know, in the United States, you know, below 60,000 feet, the speed limit is Mach one, you know, or 0.99. So I don't, I don't know how that is going to work, you know, because I, I can't find the seal. Yeah. Thing. I just know that they say in the cruise that, you know, in the upper fifties, 58,000, whatever. So I don't know if 60,000 is the ceiling on the thing. So I don't know if we're going to see, you know, New York to California at supersonic just yet, unless the FAA amends some rules because this thing doesn't make a boom, you know, maybe they put a yeah. amendment in there. You're allowed supersonic as long as there's no boom, who knows, but it's, it, that wasn't the mission. This thing was made for uh, necessarily. Mm -hmm. It was made to go to Europe. Yeah. Oh man, and it'll really shave off the time. I I think it's a brilliant move for NetJets, and my two cents on that would be, um, you know, if you see one of the pitches for NetJets, because you know they're competing a lot of times with aircraft owners, and the obvious reason why you, for our viewers, why you would rent a plane instead of owning one is if you don't fly that many hours, because there's a bunch of fixed costs associated with an owner owning an airplane. So, um, but those fixed costs diminish as you use it. So um, for, for operators that don't travel much, it makes more sense to rent. And that's an obvious reason people use NetJets. But one of the other reasons that people use NetJets is uh, because they can choose the mission. And I've heard uh, Warren Buffett talk about this. Um, you can choose the aircraft for your mission. Right. So uh, if it's just you and your wife going somewhere and it's a two hour trip, you can take a light jet. But if you have five people and you want to go to the West Coast and you want to go nonstop, you might pick a, a mid or a large cabin. And then if you want to go overseas, you can pick all that. Um, well, now, because, you can, because you should give the background. So as the customer, you know, from from one of these wealthy customers getting into NetJets or FlexJet, um, they they buy time into a program. 
actually flex jets big thing is a card it's like a you know a credit card you buy 10 20 hours on and then yes you know then the aircraft are divided up into different rates so yeah you may have bought into you know a phenom type of thing but yeah if the one day your company needs to go to europe and this thing's available yeah you could you'll pay i mean you can switch around you don't own one airframe yeah, yeah, it's a tremendous benefit. So you can solve that problem by just buying a large cab and, and then using that when you want to go from uh, uh, Cincinnati to Columbus. <laughs> but, but you know, you got to pay for it all the way. So this way, if, mo- if you have a business or a company and most of your trips are short range, you can use this short airplane. But then when you want a long range, you can use, you just rent a long range one. So this really fits in because how many people are really going to buy and operate uh, uh, a $120 million airplane? Uh, that, you know, seats five when, you know, you're not going to take that thing on short hauls, but in the rental business, it could be tremendously attractive. So, you know, a lot of these folks will do uh, one or two trips a year to Europe. Well, and then all your rest of your, your travel is domestic. So you, you pay four times as much to get there in half the time. And I guarantee people will do that. I mean, right. Right. I mean, people will rent this just to say they wrote on it. Oh, I mean, yeah. man. Yeah, there's going to be, I, I guarantee it. Absolutely. Um, do day trips other... from New York to London. What's <laughs> Can that? you imagine that? Be able to do a day trip from New York oh, to London yeah. with your executives? Yeah, absolutely. You could. You could. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, that would be. I, I couldn't imagine flying this thing. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely amazing to fly. It is. Well, you, know, so, you or I or both of us could get a chance to do it in our lifetime. And, I thought we would already it, be out of aviation by the time this hit, but this is so they they are it's in wind tunnel testing right now over in Europe somewhere. They've already had this thing in the wind tunnel um, as of, you know what, I don't want to mess up the number. Um, right. Uh, let's see. It, they've already and I don't know how says on their website they've already completed wind tunnel testing equivalent to 78,000 nautical miles flown. Uh, so wow. Yeah, they're yeah, and they've got some backing, you know, Boeing's Boeing's uh, you know, in the movie world we would call it the executive producer, but Boeing's in there backing them. Um at yeah. one point in time Airbus was helping them out. Um Honeywell is is very much involved in this thing. Um, I think it's going to be a Honeywell avionics package in this. Probably some special stuff for all the supersonic, you know, type of things. Um, yeah, I think it was actually started by the, one of the Bass brothers, which are like a oh, yeah. humongous wealthy family in Texas. I think they're in Dallas or Fort Worth or something. And they, I know they've got a big flight department and been involved in private aviation. Yeah, I think they operate golf streams or something, but, but uh, yeah, they, they've put a lot of time into to starting this company. And I mean, you, you read the, it's a strong audience when you're reading who's involved in this thing. So yeah. Well, one of the yeah. other things that is, uh, is really interesting and, you know, especially in the current climate we live in, in this world where everybody's, you know, all conscious about the environment and everything. And uh and I'm guessing this is a lot to do with just GE's ingenuity because, I mean, they can do some amazing things. Just having uh, having neighbors here that work out there at that plant in Evendale, yeah. Cincinnati, the stuff they're doing with these printers, you know, the 3D printers, you know, they're they're printing, 
you know, they have printers that print metal. They're printing parts for engines. Parts. Yeah, stuff that cannot be traditionally manufactured, some curves and fuel nozzles and stuff to get the airflow just right that no machine can make. It has to be printed. Anyway, uh, wow. side wow. subject, just what GE is capable of. But this thing, this AS2, this Ariane AS2 is going to be one of the first aircraft that has the ability to take 100% synthetic engineered fuel. So, wow. Yeah. I, I don't think that means it's a complete green machine that, you know, runs on, you know, something that, you know, it, it's just next level all around. Unbelievable, man. And, you know, more importantly, uh, it's not about us flying it because, uh, you know, we're almost old guys now, but somebody watching <laughs> this, yourself. you know, that wants to get, yeah. <laughs> our, our audience though, the people that want to get into aviation, I mean, you get in, get your ratings, and then when you start getting marketable and start flying around, these things are going to start flying, and you could you could absolutely fly one of these things, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not yeah. even a it's not a question anymore. I mean, th this thing is moving forward. People have put orders in for them, and it's it's going to keep going. This yeah, is, uh, yeah. This is great news for our industry. Yeah. Man, that'll be something cruising around at 50, what'd you say, 57,000? Yeah, I, one of the articles I read, yeah, they were oh, 58,000. I couldn't find a ceiling listed anywhere on it. So, man. But yeah, yeah. that's great. But, awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's our uh, current event for, for today and uh, March 2021. And there'll be more to come on this, I'm sure. Uh, they start production, I guess, in 2023 is what I saw, but they're hoping to move that up, of course. But yeah, I think they're going to be doing, um, they're trying to get production up to building uh, four of them a day or something. The original run is going to be 300 aircraft. So, wow. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal. Or maybe it was four a week or something. I may, yeah. be, goof I may be goofing that up. Four a day sounds a little high. It's not a yeah. So four a, four a week, yeah. It's not a Ford Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, we're trying to kick these things out. Uh, you know, if you have a question for us, feel free to email us at podcast at propilotplaybook.com, and we will answer your question on the air, possibly. Awesome. Thanks for watching.